This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 32 for Tuesday, October 15th, 2019. idea, we are the people of a better hope. Our weekly identity statement, my hope is anchored, firm and secure to Jesus and the work he completed on my behalf. And our memory verse, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4, 14-16 You're probably getting sick of it by now, but the author keeps repeating it. Jesus is greater. We probably need to hear it a hundred times for it to really stick. Truth is, there is nothing greater than Jesus. There is no one, nor will there ever be anyone greater than Jesus. It doesn't matter how appealing other systems and devices may be, there is nothing greater than Jesus himself. Our Jesus, our high priest, is seated at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Jesus is in the real, actual sanctuary in God's presence at this very moment serving as our high priest. He is the high priest in the true tabernacle that God built, not the copy that Moses made. Moses was given very strict instructions about how to build that tabernacle. And if you try to read through the account, you will likely be bored with the details. They were so specific. Why? Because it was a copy and shadow of the real tabernacle that already existed in heaven. It was a replica of the one God created and exists in to this day. And while Moses was able to go into God's presence in the earthly tabernacle, no one else was allowed to do so. But now... Jesus is in the true heavenly tabernacle. He is in the presence of the majesty seated at his right hand. Jesus isn't serving in the tabernacle made by human hands. That's where the humans serve. Jesus is a greater high priest, one of the reasons being he is serving in a greater tabernacle. And Jesus has a ministry. Did you know that? Jesus has a ministry. But his ministry is far superior to the ministry of the Levitical priests. His role is eternal. Jesus is the mediator of the new and better covenant, which, by the way, is far superior to the old one because it is established on better promises. Remember how God cannot change and it's impossible for God to lie? Well, this new and better promise is true. Jesus is the minister of this new and better covenant, which is established on better promises and takes place in the better tabernacle. So yeah, Jesus is greater. And Jesus is our forerunner who has already gone into this heavenly tabernacle. Through his sacrifice once for all, he has made a way for us to come into the same holy of holies that only Moses was allowed to experience in the past and that the high priest could only experience once a year. In the church world, we tend to stick with a plan well beyond its time of effective use. It's a hard thing, really. Some of the hardest decisions I have had to make as a leader are to shut down a ministry that is working, but only for a very select few, not for the larger group it was intended to reach. 
We have tended to hang on to a dying ministry for far too long, only to have it meet the same fate in the end. I heard one pastor illustrate this problem by saying, we like to ride a horse into the ground and stay on it while we check its pulse for any signs of life. Sticking with the plan often seems like the most logical decision. There's no need to change things up, just keep things the way they are. Whatever the plan is dealing with, the more invested you get into the plan, the harder it is to abandon it. If you have spent several years working on a plan to build a house, met with the architect and had plans drawn up, bought a piece of land, had the surveys of the land done, gotten approval from the county, which is a miracle in itself in our county, made the down payments for the contractors and so forth, you would have a very hard time backing away from that plan. You're invested in both time and money. But now imagine someone comes along and says, I've got a way better plan, a way better design, a way better piece of property, a way better contract. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to pay for it all. You'd probably be rolling your eyes saying, yeah, right, nice try. Can your plan also cut through a penny? It just sounds too good to be true. Well, the people to whom this letter is addressed had a similar investment to their former religious system, the Old Covenant. In fact, they had probably invested way more time and resources into it. And even though the New Covenant was better in every possible way, and even though the work had already been done for them, and all they had to do was maintain their belief in the one who did the work for them the rest of their lives, going back to the old system seemed easier. The new house sounds pretty great, and your plan sounds amazing, and the view from the new piece of property must be really out of this world, but I'm already so invested in the old plan. Well, what do we do? It's easy for us to put this off on the Israelites as being a problem only they had to deal with. We were never under the old covenant, so this isn't a problem for us, isn't it? Don't we continually choose to embrace the old plan all the time? For us, the old plan wasn't the old covenant, it was our old sinful way of living. It was our choice to embrace the ways of this world. Everyone who comes to Christ has to leave behind an old plan. It's a plan we have spent our entire lives perfecting. We have invested a lot of time and resources into this plan, literally our whole lives. And Jesus comes along with the better plan and offers it to us free of charge. The catch is, we have to leave the old plan behind. We have to walk away from everything we've invested in the old house. We have to walk away from the property, the blueprints, the permits, and even the financial investment. It seems like the cost is high. It seems like we've fallen for a bait and switch. That is until we understand the cost of rejecting Jesus' offer. And that's because Jesus' offer is the reverse of our current plan. Our current plan is all about getting what we want right now, regardless of what it might cost us in eternity. Our current plan trades away eternity in exchange for the temporary. And because we don't feel the gravity of our eternal destiny, the unbearable weight of a Christless eternity doesn't register on our radar. It's the credit card plan. It's the payday loan plan. It's the I want this now no matter what it costs me later plan. We trade away our eternity. We sell our birthright for a bowl of soup. Jesus' plan is the birthright. 
It's the inheritance in the largest kingdom in the universe. And the Father doesn't just have wealth, He creates it. He is the creator of all things, so powerful that with His words, universes become realities. He doesn't just have a better plan, He is the plan. He doesn't just know what's better, He designed the better way. And Jesus comes along and, through His death and resurrection, offers us His birthright. He laid down every right he had as the son of the majesty in heaven and became obedient to that which was opposite his nature, death. But because he did this, God exalted him to the highest place, right back to his rightful place. And through his life, he offers us the exact same gift, to be an heir to God's throne, co-heirs with Christ himself, the son of God. Yeah, The soup is good. Who doesn't love a good red stew once in a while? But is the red stew of this life worth the loss of any right to the next one? Don't let the hunger of an old life steal your birthright to the better plan and better life God offers you in this life and for all eternity. No soup can be that good. www.thejesushabit.com